be talking a little bit about the mandarin we'll probably talk a little bit about that the mandarin (laughs) Mandarin. uh i could go for some egg rolls and fried rice right now i just want to like i didn't see i didn't watch what huh what did you say you you didn't watch uh something that's all you were saying oh i said i haven't watched the mandarin are we starting over again no. No. <laughs> Stop moving and unplugging your stuff. <laughs> so uh, we will be talking about the Mandalorian. There that you makes go. more as, sense. As well as the Bad Batch. And the f- main focus of this episode will be uh, the new Dungeons and Dragons movie, Honor Among Thieves. Is that what it's called? That yep. is what it's called. Okay. I wasn't sure about the the subtitle for it. Um, with that in mind, though, we have Ryan. Hello. We have Kevin. Hi. And we have Jen. Do we have Jen? Hello? Are you still there? Oh my yes. God, Jen. Jen, that wasn't me. That was you guys cut out. No, 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 it <laughs> was. <laughs> Everything's working fine. Then all of a sudden you didn't make any sound. Then that means something cut out on your end because we were making sound. You even know. said your name. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Uh, okay. Hopefully this goes <laughs> without any more technical glitches. Gotta love the internet and technology. Yep. Let's keep <laughs> on rolling, kids. <laughs> Ryan. Yes. What's in the news this week? Uh, let's start off with some good news, or some promising news. We've got a Jeremy Renner update. Yay. He's been seen walking for the first time since his accident. Uh, now, this is with the aid of special anti-gravity machines, but he's up and moving around. Good. So that's that's good news. And we all wish him a healthy and speedy recovery. Because we want to see Hawkeye season two. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we got some Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel casting news. Did you guys hear about this? No. Uh, Kamal Nanjiani and Patton Oswald have been cast. Ooh. Huh. And there was an April Fool's Day joke going around saying that uh, Jim Carrey was cast as the villain in Ghostbusters. But then that was April Fool's Day, so... They didn't trick me. Yeah. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what their roles are. Like, are they Ghostbusters? Are they people in the, just people in the city? Are they bad guys? Or who knows? Are they a rival Ghostbusting crew? 
Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Um, okay, uh, from the MCU, we have an official release date for Secret Invasion. We are getting it. Uh, it's coming to Disney Plus on June 21st of this summer. Oh, it's not even going to theaters. It's just going to Disney Plus. Secret Invasion is a series. Oh, not a movie. A movie. No. I can't no. keep track anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they actually, actually I've released the first poster for it. Like imagery. Uh, I think Kevin shared that to us today. I kind did. Of like, um, an image showing like sections of a fa- of uh, Nick Fury's face and also with scroll faces in, in those scroll parts in between and should be interesting. I think it will be. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um did you guys see the uh, news about the Scott Pilgrim anime? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so we we've, we've mentioned that before that will be coming to Netflix. Uh this week they announced the voice cast and it's the cast of the live-action movie. For the most part. For the most part. Who's missing? I'm not I sure. <laughs> I didn't look at it that closely, but uh, it's pretty much all of them. Yeah. Which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Because they were good in the movie. So it would be interesting to see what they do in this anime. I'm assuming it's not just going to be a retelling of the movie. So apparently, the it uh, Brian Lee O'Malley has stated this takes place at like the next stage of uh, Scott and Ramona's relationship. Oh, oh, sweet! So it's a sequel. I guess. I thought Good. it was just a, a retelling of the comic book series. Yeah, because it like as as good as the movie is, it doesn't like you know it's hard to fit six books into a two hour movie. Yeah. Yeah. When it's just a movie, it's not a series. Uh, I thought it was a series. Yeah, oh, okay. I thought it was a series. I think it's a series. Okay. Well, let's go to the Googles. Yeah. Uh, well, you looked that up. Kevin, let's talk Star Trek news. Oh, yes. We had some Star Trek news. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started early in the week with the news that... Um, Star Trek Strange New Worlds will be the next show coming after um, Star Trek Picard, and it will be airing in June. June 15th is the first date. We also got confirmation that Strange New Worlds has already been renewed for season three, which is fantastic news. After Star Trek Strange New Worlds will come uh, Lower Decks season four and that will start airing in the summer probably august well like it has the last few years and that means that um uh we'll we'll have some great more new fun trek and that has been confirmed for a season five five yes uh yeah star trek prodigy was also mentioned we haven't got any dates for that yet just that it'll be in the winter and that will be coming this year uh season two we don't know if they're going to split it up into two half seasons like they did but there are 20 more episodes of star trek prodigy coming and then two days later on wednesday they announced a new series because they had announced that Star Trek Discovery was ending with uh, season five, but they did announce a new series and we are getting Star Trek 
Starfleet Academy, which is a show that they've been trying to make forever, and they're finally going to do it. And that will be coming. They will start filming that in 2023 for a release in 24, probably late 24. So, uh, yeah, we, we still have five Star Trek series on the air, two animated, three live action. And we don't know much about the Starfleet Academy show except from context clues and some confirmation from Terry Metalis, who's the currently the showrunner on Star Trek Picard, that um, Starfleet Academy will be set in the Discovery timeline. So we're looking at the 32nd century, which might mean that Sylvia Tilly, who uh, who during the show went off to uh, to join Starfleet Academy and teach there, uh, would be a regular on the show. Let's hope. So we'll see, but that's what we got, uh, coming out of the Star Trek camp. And I'm very excited. So, uh, to update the Scott Pilgrim show is an anime series. No Mm -hmm. word on how many episodes and, uh, so Brian Lee, oh, or sorry, Edgar Wright, who is serving as an executive producer on this, hence why most of the cast is back, um, said of the uh, Brian Lee O'Malley and writer Ben David Grabinski, who are the, the principals of the anime, have conjured up an anime series of Scott Pilgrim that doesn't just expand the universe, but also, well, just watch it. I'm more than happy to announce that I've helped coax the entire original cast back to voice their characters on this epic new adventure so that says to me that it's it's at least a sequel sort of whether it's a strict sequel to the movie that might be the question mark like Mm -hmm. maybe it's sort of a sequel to the movie sort of a sequel to the the comic book like it's not a strict sequel to anything if that makes any sense yeah yeah Interesting. Exciting. Yep. I, I do love Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, me too. Me three. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kev, Starfleet yes. Academy. Did they yep. try to make one back when, like, in the next gen days? Was that one of the first times they tried to make that show or there was rumors of it? There have been rumors of it for years that that the movie series would be replaced by a series of Starfleet Academy movies with a young Jim Kirk, uh, which we kind of got in the first of the Kelvinverse movies. But um, I, I I don't know. It's just one of those it's one of those things that um, that's always just sort of an idea that they keep talking about now. Um, I think they have announced a showrunner for Starfleet Academy, and they come from the land of um, the CW. So it's like, um, you know, it'll be a teen drama set with a Star Trek background. Okay. So it'll be interesting. Yep, should be fun. Mm-hmm. And my last little, well, okay, so not, not my last little bit of news. I shall do this one first. So there's reports today and little teases that um, today being Sunday, that on Monday, the third, we will get our first look at the new Blue Beetle movie. Mm. They're supposed to be dropping a trailer. Interesting. And then later this week, we're supposed to be getting another trailer for in uh, across the 
the Spider-Verse as Ooh. well. So there'll be more for us to talk in two, about in two weeks. <laughs> Excellent. And then there has been some Disney shakeups. Mm-hmm. So they have announced that they are cutting 7,000 jobs in an attempt to save $5.5 billion, with a B, dollars in mm-hmm. costs. One of the highest profile cuts was the Marvel Entertainment chairman, Isaac Perlmutter. Yep. Who we have talked about before in the past on mm-hmm. the show in the news segments. We're back when he was butting heads with Kevin Feige and trying to take over the move the the movies and well, I guess he was in charge of the movies and Kevin threatened to leave if they didn't put him in charge of the movies, so he was the one responsible for us getting uh inhumans on TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, up until recently, he was in charge of um, the Marvel uh, merchandising side and comics. And so now that's just being folded into Disney stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I, thoughts? I, I, uh, I, I don't, you know, companies have to cut back. Um, I do know that frontline cast members at the Disney parks just um, – just got um they they negotiated for a raise with their the union that they're part of so the frontline cast members it sounds like they they're not going to be affected by these cuts it's mostly upper management and things like that so that's good uh when it comes to Perlmutter, uh i think he was a bit of an old an old um stick in the mud jerk uh who um didn't like uh women or minorities so uh good riddance to bad rubbish i'm okay with him being gone i'm surprised he wasn't gone back when all those other stories of uh hit the lawsuits over what like being president of his tennis club or something like that mm-hmm. were happening like but then again he was close friends with president trump was he not yeah he's a, he, he, it's interesting as well though he is it, it's weird like you know it shows that like there's two sides to everybody in a lot of ways he like we've heard like crappy stories come out of uh the marvel camp especially when he took over of the cuts that he made at marvel in order to make it a profitable business again yeah that were some of which were ridiculous (laughs) but you all and like you also hear the stuff about the country club stuff but at the same time is like he's also donated like tons of money to charity mm-hmm. like and like is really like it been a guy for veterans rights and stuff like that too so it's you know it's the i guess the duality of that kind of thing but i mm-hmm. think so i read a couple articles on this apparently this might be sort of like i don't know if retaliation is the right word but he tried to install uh, two people onto the Disney uh, board, include and oh, himself, yes, and himself, and that did not like go the way he wanted it to, right? And so they, I guess, everybody else is like, "Well, enough of this nonsense. We'll just get rid of him completely." Yeah. So I'm sure his severance is uh, pretty good, though. 
Oh yeah, exactly. I, I, he won't be hurting. Yeah, I I imagine his severance is uh, uh, approximately like a million times better than our yearly salaries. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting though. Like to, from a corporate structure, uh, from what I've been reading, it doesn't sound like it's going to change anything. Mm. Like at Marvel proper, I mean, like it's it sounds like it's still business as usual over there. But uh, yeah, yeah time, uh, will I guess time will tell, right? Yeah. While we're talking about Disney and cutbacks, have you uh, you guys probably haven't been following this, but there is the whole um, uh, fight between the Disney company and the the governor of Florida. Have you heard about this? What's going on there? Uh, which one? What's... The Reedy Creek Improvement District. Have you heard the latest on on this? Not so the, the Reedy, latest, no. The, the Reedy Creek Improvement District was, is a sort of pseudo-governmental board that was set up to run uh, the property that Disney is on. And basically, it gave the company a way to, uh, you know, get around things like building codes and it let Disney run uh, the, the, the the maintenance of roads and um and and that kind Pretty of Pretty much making Disney just their own city or town. Right. So after Disney um, came out against some of Governor DeSantis's um, d- uh, don't say gay um, uh, legislations, DeSantis retaliated by saying he was going to take over the board of the Reedy Creek um, Improvement District, putting uh, government cronies onto this board. So uh, that took effect uh, this week. The last day of Disney's people being on the board, they um, they put some policies into place that basically strips the board of all of their of all of the things that DeSantis really wanted to get his hands on, except for the fact that they that the that the state is now uh, re- uh, responsible for paying the upkeep of roads and for for. Um, for um, police and fire people and that kind of thing, uh, Disney's um, Disney's board before they were before they let they they let they left the board set it up so that Disney can now build another theme park, build a bunch more hotels, build several water parks, minor parks. They've they've got this all in writing, and then uh, and that. Uh, the future board cannot use any Disney trademark characters, logos, or um, or properties. So the new board cannot use Mickey Mouse in any of their logos. They can't do anything like that. And and pretty much um, pretty much have tied the hands of the new board. And the legalese that they have used to do this says that this is in place until the last living heir of King Charles the third dies. It's <laughs> which is impressive. Uh-huh. This is something that is, uh, uh, from what I've been reading about this is that uh, this is a legal text that is totally legal in the United States. It's rarely used, but 
it's totally legal. So basically, Disney has tied the hands of the new board until one of King, the last of King Charles's grandchildren dies, which probably won't be for another 80 to 100 years. And that's also if they then don't have any kids as descendants. <laughs> exactly. So wow. it's it's been it's pretty funny to see uh, how this is working. Uh, apparently, the governor is going to go after it legally and say that it's not a, it doesn't work, but that way. But uh, you know, you're going after a company like Disney, who has probably the best lawyers um, on the planet. So you know, we'll see. There are and, lawyers that have li- literally changed laws in the United States. Uh huh. <laughs> so yeah. To their exactly. their convenience and betterment. And really, anyway, what did, what was he hoping to accomplish by putting his cronies on this board to stop them from doing stuff? Exactly. Really, like he was going to so, show that he was more powerful than the Disney company. But okay, so then you start stopping and not approving things. So then they get in the media, they oh, now the the governor is stopping businesses from making doing business. He's exactly. anti-business. Yeah. Plus, He's the biggest uh, thing, the employer in the in the state. Yes. Plus, they the fact that uh, Disney was taking care of all the things like roadworks and yeah. uh, sewers, and you know that has now been downloaded onto the taxpayers of Orange and Osceola counties in Florida. So their taxes are going to have to go up because Disney is no longer responsible for those things. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So very funny. That's Don't mess what's going with the on. mouse. Don't mess with the mouse. Well, have you seen that uh, Galactic Cruises have been uh, reduced in prices? I've been offering like, like uh, discounted prices and deep cuts for people with season passes. Yes, I have heard that uh, annual pass holders and Disney Vacation Club members can get discounted um, Star Cruiser uh, mm-hmm. trips, and also that it's not. They're not um, offering those every – it's not a constant – there are now breaks in between. There are times when you cannot book because they're not running it. Yeah. Now, now part of what I've heard is that when, you know, the initial rush is over, but also they are um, training their cast in new missions and new storylines so that people who have done it before and want to do it again won't be stuck doing the same storylines that they have done in the past. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so – so that's part of it, but but most of it is that um, that uh, well, just booking something down. And, yeah, yeah, it's it's very expensive, and now it's a year old. Yeah, much. So I'm uh, I'm hoping there's a chance I might be going next year. So let's hope it lasts at least that long. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I've got a. I've got two pieces of news. One is interesting and one uh, will we'll sort of uh, will kind of talk about, but it's going to be in an interesting manner because mm. I feel that it's something that we can't avoid talking about due to our podcast. But at the same time, we are not experts in the subject. So, OK. OK. So the first one is. um uh, I think it was on Friday it was announced that Amazon has recruited uh, Joe Kazada to be like 
on like some uh some interesting sort of deal where he will help develop new and existing comic book projects for Amazon Prime. Hmm. Oh yes, I saw that headline and I missed it when I was doing my news today. Yeah, it's just it's I don't exactly like the deal is very like the the news thing is very vague. You know what I mean? Like does this mean stuff with like existing properties is this new stuff that Amazon is going to create whole cloth out of is it like from image is it from marvel is it all of the above it's kind of vague in that way but uh you know joe headed up marvel for the rise into the MCU so he's not a bad guy to have you know working on this yep. that's true I, I don't. I, it's it just the way you mentioned it. It sounds to me like the, he would be creating new content for Amazon Prime. Well, it it doesn't even seem like that he's creating it. Maybe it says under the deal, Kazada mm. will focus on adapting existing and new comic book IP. Oh, so yeah, but the, like at the same time. Um, you know, what does that, does that mean Amazon's getting into the comic book business? It's it, it, a lot of it's very vague. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I am in, I not to shoot ourselves in the foot. I'm in the, the works to try and get Joe on the show. Um, well. he has in, in principle agreed to doing the show due to uh, a bit of a tweet, Twitter back and forth he and I have had. It's it's his schedule is super busy and mm-hmm. mine is limited. So it's that is sort of coming up. But like it's this might be something I might talk to him about, assuming we're allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> is the other question. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So the other thing I wanted to bring up, because uh, it, it, it's a story that we're not going to ignore because eventually we're not going to be able to, but I will say we are not the best place to, to do it. So this is kind of going to be our, I think kind of a little bit of a blanket bit as far as the new story concerns. And then when it goes into MCU stuff, uh, we will probably tackle oh. it deeper. So now I, now I know where you're going. Yeah, because the right thing I left out of the news sort of said that we weren't going to really talk about it at all, and then things got really confusing with it. So, um, it it has been noted in public record that uh, Jonathan Majors, who's the guy who is playing Kang mm. in the MCU going forward, uh, has assault claims against him. Now he was arrested. He was charged. Mm. He has denied these allegations. Um, and now there is like a lot of muddying of the waters of what's actually going on. And I will be honest, I don't feel comfortable with this show really tackling it much like Ezra Miller. It's sort of, we can't avoid it because he is, Mm -hmm. you know, going to be, he is supposed to be a huge part of the MCU going forward. Mm -hmm. And, it's the allegations against him are pretty heinous, but now there's like claims on both sides of like, it, it wasn't what it was or it, maybe it was. And there's like, text you know, messages from text messages and, and, and all this stuff. 
Um, what I will say is, as a show, we stand with victims in these cases. Uh, you should never be a victim of assault or harassment. And even and backtracking on some of these statements doesn't necessarily mean you weren't a victim to begin with. That sometimes goes in with the the victim mentality that like of the situation that you were that you blame yourself or things of that nature. So yeah, it's it sounds like it's it's a crappy situation no matter how you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will cover it in terms of when it affects movie sort of stuff in terms of like, you know, if he gets replaced, yeah, which I don't know how much of a possibility that is, even if the allegations are proven to be true, mm-hmm. um, because that's a big thing to replace in this. The unfortunate thing is it's a big thing to replace in this type of machine and uh, capitalist, companies that make millions upon billions of dollars on these sort of things are not of the mindset most of the time to replace one little cog because of an issue like this, which is unfortunate. I do not condone this at all, but I feel that like, unfortunately it may be something that a company pulls a blind eye to, which they should not. The, the other side of the coin is if the allegations turn out to be false, then it is a gentleman who has been accused of something that he did not do and having his name in the mud. But like that's not saying that these allegations are false. <laughs> and this is also the reason why I don't want to cover it on basically our entertainment and fun show. Mm-hmm. So uh, we will mention it from time to time going forward uh, when – it relates when, to when need what, be. Yeah. When mm-hmm. it relates to how we do our show. Um, on the other side of things, if you wish to follow this story further, uh, you know, follow news outlets, credible news outlets, and they will cover most of that stuff better than we ever would. So it's yeah, I hope I hope that it's it's not that we are taking his side and it, because we definitely aren't, but the, the, the reporting that's going on is so confusing for a bunch of non-journalists mm-hmm. <laughs> to try and, and make heads or tails of that. It's it, we should not attempt to do it because we would make, possibly things worse in the public eye for for all parties involved i should mm-hmm. say i hope that gets my point across mm-hmm. but it and the the fact of the matter is is from even from our point of view from this show um depending on what happens next the, this could change a lot of things that we're going to be reporting on over the next three years mm. <laughs> So like it just like and that and that is not the most important part of the story. Don't even get that <laughs> in there. Like the, the abuse allegations are horrible, and, mm-hmm. and it's not something that I want to, you know, try and say we're experts on when we're not. And I just hope that. I don't know how to say it. I just hope that 
it it comes out right for the party that is in the right. Mm-hmm. That, there, that go- there you go. Yep, that's good. <laughs> Very long-winded, I know. But, um, yeah, <laughs> so we will follow the story uh, a little bit here and there for the actual story, you know, follow the news. And yep. uh, we, uh, as... The the hosts of the show as people we stand with victims of abuse we do not condone abusers it's just we are a fun entertainment show and we we are not the the people that you should come to for nose like stuff like this and I'm talking in circles at this point so yeah stop. <laughs> And that's just, it for the news. You're just trying to make sure that what you're saying is clear. That's yeah, it. which I didn't. I actually all failed that like <laughs> numerous times in that. But it's you know it, it's it's terrible. <coughs> it I is. It's, I don't want it coming off in like oh well we only care about it because he's in the movies. We, we yeah. don't. We we don't like this stuff happening. And as we said during the Ezra Miller stuff too, like uh, there's some serious stuff there, but at the same time is we're just not qualified to really cover that aspect of the story. Yeah. Yeah. We are not professional journalists. We are four people with a fun podcast. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that I was trained in how to do news like two decades ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how they do the news anymore though. Nah, yeah, that's very true. The the news is doing news has changed so much for, since even then. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's uh, talk about Mandalorian spoilers uh, ahead here. So and, this week in the Mandarin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a callback, kids. The, so we we definitely have to talk about the cameo that was flooding the internet of the show, the appearance of Saturday Night Live alumni, Tim Meadows. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That was definitely what everybody was talking about. That was Tim Meadows. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bureaucrat. I I gotta admit, like, there was a couple lines he delivered, because his, his voice, like, his delivery, he's a good actor, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But just how he looks in this movie and how or in the show, like his haircut and stuff and how he was delivering lines. I did kind of mentally insert lines from what's that movie? Walk hard. Hmm. <laughs> like you know, to uh, to. Uh, oh, I feel bad because I, I can't remember his name. Appa from. uh Paul Hyun son. Yes. Mr. Kim. Mr. Kim. Uh, see, the worst part is, is I remember, it, it sounds bad, but I will pre- preface this, is this is his Twitter handle, is his Twitter handle is at Bitter Asian Dude. <laughs> 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 For whatever reason, that always sticks in my head more than his actual name. Um <laughs> When he's talking to him, there's a couple lines from like Walk Hard that sort of stick in my head a little bit. Like, but anyways, uh, I guess we should talk about the real cameo that that caught everybody's attention, and that was the appearance of Zeb 
from uh, one of our favorite TV shows uh, in the Star Wars universe, Star Wars Rebels. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was very... A... Oh, go ahead, Jen. Oh, I was going to say, they did a good job of, of computer generating him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched all of Rebels, and even I knew who that character was. <laughs> it was one of those things where, like, you know, watching it, I'm like, well, that sounded like him. It looks like him. They didn't say his name, though, so I had to, like, pause the credits when they finally showed the, the names, and it just says, Zeb. <laughs> Is he in the English credits? Yep. Okay, because it. I guess I missed it when it goes small on Disney Plus. Yeah. And then I clicked on it for it to go larger, and it, it's like listed in all the international credits, but I didn't uh, think I saw it in the main ones, but I also could have very well missed it. Yeah, no, it's there. He's like I, second or third one down when they get to like the, the that cast listing there. Have the, the, I got it semi-spoiled for me by not having it spoiled for me. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah? So uh, my friend Denver Dave... Yep. Uh, messaged me after the episode came out. Jen and I had to, because of timing and stuff, we didn't get to watch it until Friday. Um, so on Thursday, I get the message from Denver Dave saying, dude, have you watched Mandalorian yet? And I knew there was some sort of cameo from other people talking, but the yeah, problem from is... from me telling you that on Wednesday morning. Yes, but... <laughs> Don't say other fact, people. It was me. I told well, you. And you I told you before. Like everybody else on the internet. <laughs> Just because you messaged me doesn't mean eight other people don't message me the same thing either. Yes, but I messaged you at like 7 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Anyways... Dave only messages when he messages me about Star Wars stuff. It's only when it really relates to Bad Batch and Clone Wars. So instantly I realized it was a cameo from one of those shows or oh, oh, and Rebels. Sorry. So instantly I knew somebody was showing up from one of those three shows. And I quickly deduced that it was probably Rebels. To be fair, I did not guess it was Zeb. (laughs) So. I thought that Zeb was, went back to his home planet with Captain Mutton Chops. He did, but the timeline for the Mandalorian is such that who knows when yeah, any of true. this occurred. Yeah, because the, the Mandalorians, I think if we go back, started five years after Return of the Jedi. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and then I've heard reports or read, you know, people have told me that they saw that the, that it has been said that Grogu was train, training with Luke for two years. Really? It was two years between the seasons? Dave Filoni has mentioned that in an interview, or either Dave Filoni or uh, what's his name? Uh, John Favreau. But... It, even that seems like it may have been taken out slightly out of t- context or n- not in the spot that they thought it was. And because it doesn't seem like it was that, like, I think more time passed than we thought did. But at the same time, I don't think it was that much time passed. If uh, yeah. this makes any sense. But uh, so, oh, no, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, 
So, yeah, him going to his home planet with Captain Mutton Chops could have happened, you know, two years after Yavin. It could, mm. it, it may not have happened yet. That's true. Yeah, because oh. uh, the also the nature of that, like, epilogue in Rebels is such that we don't exactly know where that fits in the timeline either. Yeah, because mm. with it being a voiceover from Sabine at a point where... We may see recreated in the Ahsoka series. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, then I would say, okay, yeah, then it's already happened. Because if she's telling us that at this point, and that point is now, then that means it's already happened. So yeah, he went, he visited, he dropped Captain Mutton Chops off, and then was like, okay, guys, I got a jet, I have stuff to do. He came back and is now one of these Rangers. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Just just because you go home doesn't mean you stay there. I do. <laughs> but do you, do you stay there when you go visit your parents' house? If I could, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't, and you go back to your new home and your job. See, that's why I can't. Defending the galaxy. I would not be good at that job. <laughs> yeah. So that was the, the biggest mention, but... Uh, the show itself was quite good. Mm-hmm. We yeah. got to see evil Imperial double agent, I think, check again. Oh, yeah, she's definitely a double agent. Do you think she's working for Thrawn? Maybe. Or at least the at least Moff, Moff Gideon. Yeah. Yeah. She seems to be tidying up things for Moth Gideon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, as we figured out, may have escaped and still be mm-hmm. out there somewhere. Yes. I think he is. And speaking of which, so did did Mandalorians help him escape? Or are they framing Mandalorians helping okay. him escape? Here's the thing. So the the um the the uh, the fighter pilot there said that they found Beskar alloy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Don't the Mandalorians use pure Beskar in their armor, not an alloy? But not all of them have pure Beskar armor. Mm-hmm. Because I was right? like, how come they're all getting taken down with one shot? Aren't they wearing Beskar? Yeah. Like, that's why when we see the Mandalorian start out, he doesn't have that. He only gets it once he gets the Beskar from the client. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I was under the impression that the Mandalorians only use pure Beskar in any of their things, if they're if they've got something that's that's made of Beskar, it's not a Beskar alloy. It's Beskar. Yeah, and I, I that's what I would assume is that if, if they're going to make an armor, they would use Beskar, and then if it's they don't have that, they would just use whatever armor is really made out of. Now, also the use of the word alloy just could be a scripting and a turn of phrase thing and could to them in star Wars could just be mean the same thing. You can always, it doesn't necessarily mean that the way we with take another it. metal. Yeah. Now the, but anyway, the other thing is, is it, this could be a sect of Mandalorians that are not connected with the Mandalorians we've met so far on the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like, they're all over the place. I think it was Screen Crush did a big video and mentioned the fact that, like, the idea that maybe, so, maybe these are a set of Mandalorians that feel that he is the rightful wielder of the Darksaber. 
because mm-hmm. he had it at some point, and that's who they're following. Could be. So, you know, we shall see. Yeah. And just even, they maybe not, might not, like you said, might not be Mandalorian at all. Just could have had the Scar medals because look at how many Imperials are still hanging out around Mandal- uh, Mandalore. Mm-hmm. Look how much Beskar they had in the first place. Like the client had all those nice little uh, chunks there, the the, the little uh, the you know the size of an iPhone. Mm-hmm. So who knows what they've made with it and where and who's using it? Doesn't always you know, have to be Mandalorians. This or is somebody true. is framing the Mandalorians. Well, that's I think in the end that's probably what's happening. Yeah, that's that's my thought too. Bum bum bum. Yes. <laughs> bum, 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 indeed. <laughs> and to the main story of the episode, um, we see the pirates again. Not Brent's favorite pirate, though. No, he still hasn't joined the the ranks of the, uh, the live action characters no. other than the park. And even then, that's an animatronic. Who's that? Uh, Hondo. Hondo Onaka. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially since the episode was called the pirate <laughs> or pirates or something along yeah. those lines. I was like, oh, he's this is like as soon as I saw that, that was my guess. I'm like, OK, it's a Rebels character. Everybody knows how much I love Hondo. The, that's who it is. That's Aww. not who it was at nope. all. And Brent was disappointed. Uh, oh, I don't know how much of a pirate Hondo is anymore. Because even by the times true. we see him in Rebels, he's not much of a pirate anymore. No, but I think he self-identifies himself. as a pirate. <laughs> in the parks, he's like a broker. Yeah. Or at least a smuggler. Yeah, but I think if you asked him, he would tell you he was a pirate. <laughs> but uh, seeing the destruction of... Um, what's the name of the the, the, the city? On Navarro. The yeah. And then the Mandalorians showing up to help and then now they're welcome and they have a new, they can build a new home and yay. Yeah. It was a good episode. It was, it really was. Plus we've got, uh, the other major plot advancement is Bo-Katan, you know, and the armorer coming to an arrangement where it looks like Bo, like the armorer is supporting Bo-Katan as the new leader to unite the Mandalorians and, Mm And the fact that she's taken off her helmet doesn't affect her standing with the with the tribe. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like that because <laughs> she walks in both worlds. And I do like how she hesitated before she took it off. Yeah, because I think that she was, I guess, enjoying being part of that world at least mm-hmm. a little bit. And so she was like, "Is this a trick? Do, are you trying to get rid of me?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm not faking. I'm, I'm I'm following the rules. Yeah, but I also like that you kind of revealed the armor kind of revealed what standing armorers had in the previous Mandalorian world. Like they were people, Uh. obviously there was more than one of them and they were like treated with respect. And even like the ruling class, which would have been Bo-Katan's clan, you know, listened to them. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was neat. A little tidbit of Mandalorian culture in there. Uh Yeah. It was a, it was a big episode for, uh, for moving stuff along and developing Mm -hmm. things. Hmm. Uh, from that, uh, we will go to the big adventure of Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. 
<laughs> which we all saw together. This is the first time we've been able to see a movie, all four of us, at the same time. Mm-hmm. In a very long time, yes. Yes. Uh, so, uh, for reference points, uh, Ryan has played very little D&D. Yes. Uh, Kevin has played a good chunk, but not really... Not in the last 20 years, yeah. (laughs) And Jen and I have played a lot in the last couple years. Yeah. And for the... I guess I'm the all-arounder. I have played D&D on a semi-consistent basis since I was 12. Nerds. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I got the... I got the red box for my 12th birthday. Uh, that's what the box that I started playing at. Yeah. Uh, Battle Jeremy of the Nerds. I don't know what the red box is. It was um, it was, I'm uh, cool. Basic. Have you seen the, <laughs> cool. the Dungeons and Dragons knapsack at, at my house, Ryan? No. Oh, okay. I'll show it to you next time. That's the, okay. the red box in a knapsack. Okay. <laughs> all right. That so did not with, answer the question at all, but okay. Yeah, it, it was a starter kit. It had everything you needed to start your well, first game. I assumed game. that, but I still said I have no, no. I still don't know what it is, but I assumed that it was basic Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. It got you through level three. <laughs> so know, with that, that, should start on level five. Level one through four are boring. Level seven should be the new level one. <laughs> level five. Level five should be the new level one. <sighs> All righty. So uh, <laughs> let's start with Ryan. Yes. He, he is familiar with the world a little bit, but isn't uh, a, a big into it. What did is you it, feel? What did you like about the movie or did you like the movie? I what thought it was, no, it was. I thought it was fine. It was a good movie. It was fun. Um, as far as a fantasy adventure, you know, movies go, it was good. You know, had had, had some humor in it. Had a decent story, um, had some unexpected events. Uh, like you said, I have the minimal knowledge of uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and mostly from uh, like just pop culture references and things like that. Uh, so, like I recognize like the gelatinous cube and a mimic, but like when you guys all saw the the pudgy dragon and you all lost <laughs> your shit, I'm like. Yeah, it's funny looking. It's funny, that, but I had no attachment to this thing. That's why I lost my shit, because it was a really yeah. fat dragon. <laughs> fat dragon, that's all. Okay, I thought it was, is it not, um, it's not a, like another well-known Dungeons and Dragons monster? Not as far as I am aware. Okay. I, see, I'm not aware of it, but I feel that it is because I read something somewhere about it. Yeah, I I just like that it was a really fat dragon. I found that yeah. hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, they I thought it was they did they did a good job acting in it, and uh, the special effects were were good. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I would recommend it to people if you if you if you're thinking about seeing it, go see it. You'll have a good time. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we will now go to Kevin. 
I had a ball. This movie mm-hmm. is more fun than it has any right to be. I really had a good time at this film. Um, I love it. Did plug into that old D and D part of my brain where I'm like trying to figure out what spells they're casting and who, uh, you know, uh, there was a lot of there were a lot of references to places <laughs> in the Forgotten Realms. There's references to Baldur's Gate and Icewind Dale and uh, all this kind of stuff. So the the references are there for the nerds, but I don't think I think for people who aren't as into the world as, as some of us are, I think that they just sort of help flesh out the world. Um, I like that it didn't take itself too seriously. Uh, I thought the cast was wonderful. I really en- enjoyed all of them. Even Justice Smith. I thought was good, so. Yeah, uh, I'm all in. He played the sorcerer. That's Will Smith's son. No, he's not. Isn't he? Nope. Simon? We, we had this exact same conversation when uh, we saw Detective Pichu, uh, Pikachu. He is not related to he's that. He's not related to those Smiths at all? No, because I, I think he's British, isn't he? Oh. Uh, yeah, I was no. going to say, Will and, Will and Jada have Willow and Jaden, they don't yeah, know. Okay, no justice. justice. Anyway, well, because their children are named the they're like variations of their own names, Will and Willow, Jaden and Jada. Right, you're right. Yep, he is. But he's he is. been in Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, and Detective Pikachu. I thought he's great. Yeah, he's no, great. He, he's a great actor. Just not related to the Smiths. <laughs> not related to the other. Well, Smiths. Not related <laughs> to the <laughs> <old> Smiths. <laughs> yeah, he's related to his own Smiths. Yeah. Mm. anyway i thought it was great um there's a cameo by an actor that we all we all sat there and went is that is it i don't know it looks like him it could be why would he be in this movie and it turns Mm -hmm. out it is yeah uh yeah i sent a link to you guys uh the other day just verifying that we uh, yep you were right that's who it was (laughs) so um yeah i uh i uh i really 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 had a good time at this uh film yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it too, and I think I enjoyed it because I was sitting between Brent and Kevin, and they were both having a good time. So it kind of it it made me have a good time too. But I really enjoyed it. I thought it was super fun, very funny. It basically was like watching a D and D campaign. But I mean, Brent and I had this conversation when we were getting home. It's like if you did a D and D campaign verbatim like rules lawyering everything then it would be boring as hell to watch Mm -hmm. so they did a good job of tweaking it so that it was still entertaining but still you know like you could figure out what spells they were using and it it still felt like a campaign you could tell who the npcs were um (laughs) i loved I, i loved all the characters i thought it was great um the guy who played the paladin Oh god, every time he said something, Brett was like, stupid paladin. Stupid paladin. <laughs> Hello, I'm here to save the day and oh god. follow and he, all the rules. And, and you weren't such, being Go ahead, yeah, Jim, sorry. He was such the, the the NPC. Like you Brett was saying you could tell that he was the character that was being played by the DM because he had these like, sorry, I'm stealing your story, Brett, but he had like this intricate plot, like, okay, so to cross this bridge, you have to follow these complicated rules and then the player characters fuck it up immediately which is how D works <laughs> at least in our experience 
And you weren't being quiet about your dislike for him either, because I heard you saying stupid paladin for <laughs> the four seats away. I really got into into the movie in those regards, I guess. Uh, yes. I think I heard you yell fireball, fireball at one that point, was me. too. Oh, that, that was, was you? Me. Jeez. So my, my current D&D character is um, a sorceress who is, she's an elven, but she has uh, fire dragon powers. Like, she's got fire dragon heritage. So her go-to power is fireball. And I'm like, there is no situation that fireball cannot fix. <laughs> <laughs> So then, so when the sorcerers, oh no, Brent was saying that. So when the sorcerers was shooting fireballs and he was going fireball, fireball, I was going, actually, I think that's a scorching ray. <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like, because I'm so familiar with all the fire spells currently, <laughs> that one's probably scorching ray. But I love like the mage hand battle was super fun, but I'm like, yes. Oh, those are both cantrips, and if she's using time stop, she's a much higher level than that. Why is she using a cantrip? But anyway, it was because you know you want to make it fun, and yeah. So anyway, I super enjoyed it. I'd go see it again. So um, Wizards of the Coast did release the the stat blocks for all of these characters. Oh, on did D&D they? Beyond, yes. Ooh. Yeah. Googling that uh, now. I found it uh, on. Uh, on the on the D&D Beyond website. So these characters are a much higher level than I thought they were. Um, What's it got them at? Just out of curiosity. So Doric, the humanoid, uh, the, the druid, the uh, tiefling druid, she has 104 hit points. Uh, so uh, it doesn't say level, but I'm assuming that because it says that that's 16d8 plus 32, that that means she's level 16. Possibly. If, no, she, she 16, can be level 16. 16 hit dice. My monk would wipe the floor with the one that we saw in the movies. Yeah, uh, so it says she has strength 12, dex 16, con 14, intelligence 16, wisdom 19. Yeah, no, 10. she's she's got to be up there if she's got those stats, but that, like, oof. Uh, uh, I think they were, they were, that is not correct. So this is Chris Pine's character is a bard level 17, 110 hit points, um, actions, multi-attack, reinforced loot or short sword attacks. His, uh, he's got a, he, his loot is considered a weapon. It's a, it's reinforced plus five to hit, um, bludgeoning damage plus thunder damage. Uh, disorienting words. He magically taunts up to three creatures he can see within 60 feet of himself. Mm. Each creature must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or take 10 psychic damage and have disadvantage on the next attack roll. And then he's got spells including friends, message, charm person, disguise self, and suggestion. And three times a day he can use inspiring words. See, I gotta say, that that was the one thing about him uh, being a bard, the in the movie is that like, I understand why, but at the same time, it's like bards have magic. That's yeah. what I was thinking too. I'm like, he should be able to cast some spells, but he wasn't technically a bard. He was a harper, a harper. Yeah. Yeah. So I still, I'm trying to find uh, the stat sheets and I can't find them. <laughs> I'll, I'll put a link in, in our, um, in our Facebook messenger chat. Okay. Um, yeah. So overall, so anyway. I really liked it. 
Like, yeah, uh, good. It, it's uh, I. It's been funny. I've been mentioning this for a little while on the comic book videos that Ryan and I do. There has been a sort of fantasy subgenre that's really come out in the last little while, uh, probably mainly thanks to guys like Critical Role, which is the D, what I call the D&D campaign genre, where it's fantasy, but it is done in the tone of what it's really like to play a video game. It's like that meme you see every once in a while of what... Uh, players think they're like in a DD campaign and it shows like the fellowship of the ring what they're really like in a DD campaign and it's the knights from monty python and the holy Grail. yep because <laughs> that's what it's really like is you end mm-hmm. up screwing over the dm you have there's usually jokes being cracked at least in my experience i'm sure that there's groups that take it like uber seriously I do not like playing at those groups. Oh, it's way more fun to be silly and creative. Yeah. and Yeah, and that's that's what I like about it, is getting together with friends and doing that. Like, you create a character and you stick to it. Yeah. That character doesn't have to be super serious. And it's it also, like, you know, it's, I, like Jen was saying, is I really saw this, and I think one of my favorite uh, movie commentators at the moment, Movie Bob, mentioned this, and I can completely see it. I don't know how many drafts it went through, but it would not surprise me if one of the drafts of this script was pretty much the same that, that we saw. But like the Lego movie, at some part they pulled out and it was a bunch of dudes playing at a r- table. Mm. Like I that, think that would have originally got. I think it wouldn't have gone over that well. But you could see almost things like that in this in this movie. I almost said like this in this game because <laughs> it felt like every D&D game that I've played in, or at least the good ones. Like the the paladin is the NPC character. And like Jen was saying, is he has he is there to forward the narrative much in like in every D&D game and much in like most D&D games I've played the players screwed it up and they had the DM had to go to plan B. Mm-hmm. Uh, my famous story of, of something like that is uh, Jen and I were playing in a game with my friend Kim or a friend Kim and our friend Dan was running it. And Dan brought out the big bad in like first or second game that we played. And Kim put an arrow through his head and killed him. He was supposed like, to just be monologuing to scare us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a combination of just Kim's skill Good set. Rolls. And she just rolled like a maniac that round. She murdered him in one. And that like and that's how D&D sometimes works is mm-hmm. throw off the GM completely. Well, and I completely in, saw it in this, in this movie. Yeah. And in our most recent game, we just did that, too, because the DM, our DM, still Dan, um, had this whole like huge battle planned and all it counted on um, teleporting soldiers into the castle where where our characters were hiding out. Uh, But I have a spell called wish, which lets you do whatever you wish. And I wish that none of this, (laughs) I wish that none of the spellcasters could cast magic so they couldn't transport their troops in. So all we did was just destroy the ones that made it into the castle Mm. and we won. (laughs) 
so he's like, well, I had a big battle planned, but uh, I guess we got to figure out something else now. <laughs> I also think this was an incredibly well cast movie. Oh yeah. Oh, I agree. Like yeah, every, really everybody well was just doing like doing a great job with their characters. I really like Michelle Rodriguez in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, she. It, she is one of those actresses that unfortunately kind of has gotten stereotyped into the tough chick, I guess, for like, especially since being part of the, the fast franchise. Right. But even before that, she was playing like, tough yeah, chick I think but that's just the nice thing about it is, is this script actually allowed her to have like some vulnerability and stuff in it, which was nice to see her getting to, you know, act. Yeah. That was um, another nice thing about this is that you really got to have backstories for all of the characters. Mm. Uh, I mean, obviously, Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez as the main ca- and Hugh Grant as the main main characters had more of a backstory. But we even got to know a little bit about Doric and Simon, too. Simon was awesome. <laughs> it was so cute. <laughs> and uh, so... Uh, when the trailers to this movie first came out, I, I did show it to the guy who is our GM, our, our DM, Dan. And one of the things he was like is like one of the things he was sort of worried about was like the trailer had a lot of what you would call fan service in it. Like, it, you know, you, we saw the owl bear. We saw mimic. We saw like, it, you know, you, we saw kind of all the D&D tropes to it. But I felt this movie balanced giving what we wanted to see in a D&D movie really well with actually creating a movie with like, you know, with plot and story and and working those in naturally. Like, like anytime I saw like the mimic or an owlbear, it didn't really feel like they threw it in there to just like, hey, hey, guys, hey, like there was actual like sort of a reason for it to be in there. Yeah. Um, Except. OK, oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Ryan. Sorry. Well, that's me. I didn't oh. say anything. Oh, I thought Ryan said something. <laughs> Sorry. No, I was going to say. Um, so a big part of the plot uh, was them going to get that helmet. What happened, the to the, what happened to the helmet? <laughs> they still have the helmet, don't they? No, it kind of just... It kind of disappeared after he used it the once. I think mm. he just put it back in his sack because with everything else that he kept, kept carrying. Because I remember that was the one ongoing joke. Here, carry this. Here, carry... So I'm guessing he had the magic sack that he just... He had a bag of holding. Yeah, bag of holding. Oh, I yeah. didn't catch that. Okay. I didn't catch that they were saying, here, carry this all the time to him. Oh, yeah, There's time they one distinctive up. part where they really point it out. And I missed it, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Eh. All right, then never mind. I get it now. It's in his bag of holding. I love bags of holding. Yeah. <laughs> we used them to survive poisonous gas once. <laughs> uh, the I guess the other, the last little thing we should mention is I love the cameo from the original D&D cartoon crew. Yes, that was kind of fun. I I really don't know how many people will get that at this point, but it, it was a nice little thing in there. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was just fun. Um, I hope we get more D and D movies of this ilk. I think it was just fun. I think they took a lot of um, 
notes from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, we know this is kind of silly, so we're going to we're going to take it seriously, but have fun with it. And that's what they did. And I like how they kind of ended it up. They ended it so that there could be another movie, but they also ended it so that if there isn't another movie, it ended well. Yep. Mm-hmm. So or they could least... continue, but at least it's mostly resolved. Yeah. Right. Like they could make another movie and just be D and uh, Dungeons and Dragons, blah, 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 with a whole different party. And it could be a whole different big bad and a whole different issue. Mm. Or we could get a sequel, a follow-up to this with the same group because the big bad, we didn't get resolved. Mm. Or I'd like to see, I'd like to see a bad. prequel about the, uh, the paladin. <laughs> yeah, was, there's a lot of things they can spin off of this too. Mm-hmm. Well, did you see, I think I posted it to our, to our Facebook group that, um, that Joe Mangiello, Manginello is 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 in the works to make a Dragonlance film. Yeah, uh, like, oh, how do I say this with it? Like, it, I don't like. He is a good guy to do it because he has a passion for this stuff. Uh huh. He, he's currently in the midst of making a documentary about D and D. Um, he has been well known over the last couple of years of like praising D and D to the to the heavens to like anybody who will take him on because he is, he is not a bad spokesperson for it because he is not the guy that you would, that we used to associate with Dungeons and Dragons. Right. right? Is like, I'm sure even in his teenage years, he, because he played football and stuff, he was a half decent look. Well, he's obviously a decent looking dude, but he was in probably in pretty good shape then. You know, he's not what you normally conjure up when you think of Dungeons and Dragons. So it's kind of good to have that. Yeah, normally when you think of Dungeons and Dragons, you conjure up us. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) My my only thing with that is it's kind of twofold. And I'll put a little bit of disclaimer. I love the world of Dragonlance. Absolutely love it. It is my second favorite D&D setting. Mm -hmm. Um, I have re I reread the books a couple of years ago. Uh, it is essentially Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. in, in plot. Like, it's simplified a little bit, and there's some changes, but, and I know you can always put that back to, like, you know, the quest of the hero and all that sort of thing. But it's, like, we, we've already seen this movie done really, really well. So how do you do it differently? And now, especially after seeing this Dungeons & Dragons movie, this movie was so fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how much a Dragonlance movie would allow for that. And it may like kind of disappoint people when they get to it. I don't know. Yeah. Although the, seeing Lord Soth, the, the, the undead knight in, the, in that would be kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. He should be voiced by Charles Dance. Yeah. I don't think that they should do a, an already create like an already a story that's already been done like they shouldn't take a dragon land story or something they should do another n- new story in the D worlds yeah or maybe like make said, the branding different they're never good they're never going to uh get it right if they do it that way but if they just you know like you're running a campaign in neverwinter so you don't take an well you do sometimes take an existing one but you don't have to 
And I think it would be better if they just made up another story. Yeah. And uh, how long do you think it took Hugh Grant to pick the scenery out of his teeth? <laughs> yeah, he was chewing on it, wasn't he? Uh, he was and I mean awesome. That as a compliment. He just went for it. Yeah. yeah. I have a feeling he had no freaking clue what was going on, and he was just like, "All right, I'm a con man. Here I go." <laughs> you mean like that in that uh, pre-movie thing where you know you're heroes because you're in the movie theater watching the movie, and he's looking there like he's a hostage. <laughs> he told me he looked like he, this had been sort of sprung on him and he wasn't allowed to leave until he did it. <laughs> say your line, Hugh, say your it's line. Your contract, Hugh, say your line. <laughs> yeah. So he overall. Was, he was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it, like I said, this movie, there's nobody in this movie I would cast differently. Nope. Which no, is, yeah. is, is kind of rare to say about a film on a whole. There's nobody I would change in this movie. Yeah. I, I, I'm curious if like, like if we saw the, the one cameo that we talked about, but I'm curious, I meant to go back and see if uh, the great place to throw cameos would be the skeleton scene. Oh. Where they're talking to all the undead. I assume <laughs> at least one or two of those guys are voice actors or actors that we have seen in other things like a million times. Yeah. But uh, uh, I love that. Because Hello, you, that, you need to that, ask me one more question. Hello. <laughs> but that is so much like the like how D D games in my experience are ran. Especially the part where you like the does that count as a question? Yes. <sighs> <laughs> Only answer like, when I'm asking you, okay? Okay. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, I played a cleric who, uh, once my group found out I could do that, I had to talk to every dead thing we came across. <laughs> it was gross. <laughs> but thinking of the questions is even harder. Because <laughs> usually you can't do the spell that many times in a row again. This is one of the things that they had to do to make the movie better. Uh, you yeah, can usually only do it do like long rests and short rests. Exactly. You could usually only do it like once, maybe twice. And yeah. then it's like, so you really got to think about what you're going to ask them. <laughs> and the, uh, oh, I'm, I get, I want to look it up. So I get her name, right? Kira. The, is that his or daughter? The, the yeah, daughter. daughter. Yeah. Oh, Chloe Coleman. Uh, I just want to go on the record and say uh, she is awesome in this movie, mm-hmm. even though she's not like a huge part in this movie. She's adorable. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. But in the year 2020, we said she was awesome in my spy. She was adorable. We, when we in reviewed that, too. that movie, we are we're all of us were in agreement that like she was really good in that movie, and mm. she is proving that she is a very capable actress at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make you all feel old, she was born in two thousand eight. Yeah. Aww. And like you look at her, she was in uh, My Spy, which we already liked. Uh, she was in Gunpowder Milkshake, which I don't know if Kevin saw, but like the the three of us all saw it and liked and liked it and liked her in it. Uh-huh. Um, she, and she was in the latest Avatar as well, apparently. So you know, good on her. She's she's doing really well and doing 
like being a good actress in these roles. I hope she continues to so be pretty young. good. The oh, and she's was... in uh, she's in that '65 movie. That's did it come out or is it coming out? It's out. Uh, yeah, it's I don't think it's. Yeah, so she's well. in that too. Huh. And uh, the actress who played the the sorceress, the red the red wizard, the red sorceress. Yeah, she was good too. Yeah, <laughs> and she's in um, Shadow and Bone shows uh, series on Netflix. That's where I recognized her. Oh, from. okay. I I don't think I've seen her in anything before. I can't remember what her name is. IMDb. Her name is Daisy Head. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, apparently the 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 corpses were provided by like a sketch comedy group called Anti Donna. <laughs> like I guess that like it's a sketch comedy group made of a bunch of different guys. So it's, yeah, huh. uh, uh, it was good. Yeah, if if you listen to this podcast and you are a nerd uh, and you would probably really like this. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it's safe to say we all enjoyed it. I would say that. And that it would be worth your while checking out, especially if, if you want a fun night at the movies. Like, the, yeah. there's not a lot of heavy thinking in this movie. No. But if that, you wanna... that, and that's exactly what I was expecting going in, and that's exactly what I got out of it. So it was perfect. Like, yeah. I wasn't expecting it to be complicated convoluted plot i was gonna have to super pay attention to i didn't expect it to be as funny as it was um which i was very happy that it was funny um but yeah you're expecting to just go in and have fun exactly all right that brings us uh to the end of this episode yeah and before we get to geek kicks uh, i just want to give a shout out to our Patreon members. Sorry, I'm pulling up the list. Well, I know some, a couple of them. Um, um, one of them uh, has messaged me and they had to uh, drop out. Oh, so, that's okay. Uh, was it my so, brother again? I know it was that. <laughs> so currently, the uh, for this episode, we have... Sorry, I'm pulling up the active list. There we go. <laughs> For this episode, we have Drew, Karina, RhinoVision, Alex James, uh, Team Woods, who is the uh, nice people who also made our website, which is truenorthnerds.com, mm-hmm. Mike Hammond, and Rex. So all in all, if you would like to uh, help us out, our goal is for the end of the year, we would like at least 10 patrons. <laughs> um, please feel free to go to patreon.com slash true north nerds. Uh, three bucks is all you need. I'm currently working on a subscriber or a patron podcast. I just have to get together with the person who is going to do the first episode with me. Um, to do it but beyond that you'll get little bits and pieces here and there um some little write-ups every once in a while and uh, and you also are thanked every episode so thank you very much folks for uh helping us out and uh with that we go to geek picks anybody want to go first i got one i got one so um 
I was I sat down in front of my TV to watch The Mandalorian on Wednesday evening after I got home from my uh, workout at the gym. And I use Apple TV uh, as my streaming device. And so I use the Apple TV app to open up other uh, other uh, streaming platforms because it lists what what I what episodes are next for me to watch. And I got distracted by a trailer for a new show on Apple TV Plus that um, that is called The Big Door Prize. It stars Chris O'Dowd. Do you know Chris O'Dowd from the IT crowd? I like Chris O'Dowd. So uh, this show is about a small town in, in, I think, New England. And uh, at the general store one night, mysteriously, this machine shows up called the Morpho Machine. And if you put $2 in and give it your fingerprints, it will tell you what your life's um, what your life's uh, um, what your life's goal is, what your life's um, it, it, predictions are, and it changes the whole town. So it's really like a small town drama, but it's got this one twist of sci-fi in it, right? Is the machine really telling people what they should be doing with their lives? I'm not sure. But it is making some people happy, and that's making some people miserable. So um, it is it's it's a really interesting show. It's got a very uh, in, uh, nice cast. Chris O'Dowd is probably the person that you would recognize the most. Um, but uh, it's it, i'm I'm intrigued. Um, and it was just by the trailer that that Apple TV was running on top of my you need to watch these shows next uh, tab that got me hooked. So that is the big door prize on Apple TV Plus. Cool. Yeah, already next. I'll go next. Uh, so I started watching a new show on Netflix that I found. I was you know, sitting around going, uh, what am I going to watch? This was me last night when I got home from work. I was like, uh. And uh, I watched an episode of a show called Lockwood and Co. And so it's a British series. It's on Netflix. And it takes place in a world where ghosts are a thing. Like ghosts are just a regular part of life. Uh, and, and they are not friendly ghosts. Uh, it's not safe. This necessarily safe to go out at night, and the fog, you know, is, it can kill you because you know usually the fog is ghosts. And, uh, so there's these companies, or like, you know, these groups, these uh, that are hired and uh, to go and find the source of the ghost, like what's anchoring it to the to this realm, and and dispose of it. And it's these companies are made up of of. Though not children, but like teenagers, because the younger you are, the more sensitive you are to seeing or feeling ghosts and stuff like this. And so, uh, it's a pretty so this it's been a pretty interesting show so far. Uh, the main company, you know, so Lockwood and Co, is the company we're following, and it's just three teenagers. Well, most of these companies have to have well, you know it's all being run by adults because adults you know they run the world, but not this company. It's just these three teenagers and uh and we're seeing their their struggles and their of uh, trying to you know get respect and get jobs and make money and other problems that they're going through 
and with the little adventures. Uh, a couple episodes in, I think it's only like an eight episode season, like most British shows are, and uh, it's been enjoyable. So there's something for you to watch when you decide, oh, what am I going to watch? There's nothing on here. All these channels and all these streaming services, and I've watched everything. Oh, my God, what am I going to watch? Let's give that show a shot. Next. Um, I guess my geek picks probably just go see the D&D movie. <laughs> I, I don't really have one right now. Mm. So, yeah, go, go watch D&D. <laughs> go play D&D if you've never played it before. Give it a shot. Find a DM. That's the hardest part. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Alrighty. Well, I guess that comes down to me. Um, my geek pick is I don't think I've used this as a geek pick before, but uh, I am going with uh, the show that I've been binge watching as of late, Criminal Minds, because I noticed oh. it was on Disney Plus again, and uh, I have started watching it again in small doses, and <laughs> I it's like you know you don't have to super think about it, but it, it's those are. I think shows like this kind of get crapped on a little bit because, you know, they're episodic and the, a lot of it. Formulaic. Of times, and... Yeah. Like anytime it's like you see a somewhat famous guest star in it, you automatically know they're the per- person brutally murdering everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Or they're about to die. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it also the the one thing with episodic television like this is it gives them time to really perfect their characters. And a lot of these actors are quite good at it. Like uh, Matthew Gray Goobler, who plays. um, uh, What's his name? Spencer Spencer on the show is excellent. (laughs) Like he just like by season three, he really has that that character like down pat. And it's kind of interesting to (laughs) it's really interesting to to watch these guys work in a lot of ways. So especially when they're throwing new curveballs and stuff like that every once in a while, like with their characters. But um, super I've been really enjoying going through this. The the only thing I I do kind of find funny is and it's not his fault is every once in a while, because I'm in the seasons that Joe uh, Montaigne's in, <laughs> every once in a while, he delivers lines that you could completely see by, like, being said by Fat Tony in The Simpsons. Yeah. You're like, oh, that was a Fat Tony line. <laughs> that was a Fat Tony line. So, yeah, Criminal Minds on Disney+. Plus. On uh, next episode, we shall be back in two weeks with uh, something else. Yeah, well, the, the, it's more or less picking or choosing what we're doing because there's there's a bunch of movies coming out in the next little while. So, well, next yeah, next week is the Mario movies. So, yep, mm-hmm. which uh, I, Jen and I are definitely going to go see, but we're going to go see it with children. Interesting. Which make might make it even better. Yes. And, and and depending on what their mother says, I might have those two children do a quick recorded review for us. There you go. <laughs> um, there's so, so there's that. Volunteer to edit next episode. Yay! Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's my turn next. <laughs> I think. Um, 
along with that, uh, the Fast movie's coming out soon, too. Not that no. necessarily all of us will cover it. but That's not out until, like, after Guardians. So there's Guardians as well. Which is still, that, and that's not out until May. We oh, have time. I, th- I thought it was earlier than that. Yeah. No. It's only, the only reason you, I think you're thinking that is because they already announced you could buy tickets for it. And every oh, time maybe. we kept looking on the app to go to the North End, it didn't have the Friday show we wanted to see, but it had the May 19th showing or whatever it is for Fast 10. Yeah. And they uh, just announced this weekend that pre-orders for Guardians of the Galaxy 3 uh, for your pre-orders for tickets are, have started. Because hmm. it was like a little tiny teaser trailer. I'm just uh, doing a quick look and seeing what else is in there. Except <laughs> it's one of those list, lists that I think has every single movie that's coming out like streaming, non-streaming, and everything yeah. else. Oh, yeah. There's Renfield, the uh, Dracula oh, comedy Oh, yeah, movie. I want to see that one. <laughs> There's a new Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. That's coming to Netflix. Yeah. There's a I... new Evil Dead film. That's HBO Max. Evil Dead Rise. No, that's coming to theaters. I'm reading that it's an H. Oh, it is coming to theaters, but it's an HBO Max film. So maybe it's huh, going to be this weird. Maybe it's both simultaneous again. Or maybe it started off as an HBO Max movie and they thought it was good enough that they can put it out in theaters. Maybe. All I know is um, I might be uh, in and out the next few, few episodes because the show is coming up in uh, at the end of this month and uh, I am very very busy because of that. So. Ooh. Well, we'll yeah. have to see what happens. Yeah. So you know what? Okay. So this is this. Here's a weird one for some of us. You know what's else coming out in April? And I had no idea about this. What is a what I'm guessing is a Japanese remake of Cube that uh, was late '90s uh, Canadian Canadian science fiction movie. That's like the first one's quite good. But it's like it's like out of all the movies to get remade in Japan, no less. Interesting. <laughs> what was the movie we saw the trailer for that I turned to you, Ryan, and said, "Is this a Canadian film?" It was a science fiction film starring Simu Liu. Oh and, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, either. it was about replicants. Or, oh, it was yes. called Simulant. That's what it was called. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, oh, they because they can't use the replicant because I guess yeah. it's copyrighted, maybe. Oh, uh, okay. Now since we're talking about Canadian-made movies, I remember seeing the trailer for a movie that I did. I forgot to put in the news. Did you guys know they're doing a BlackBerry movie? Like yeah, I remember seeing yeah. that a while ago. Hmm. Like the trailer for it, I mean. Interesting. Oh wow! Okay, so this this show just got a little bit longer. Oh no! Because um, just because uh, so I looked up that Simulant movie. Yep. That stars uh Robbie Mel. Yep. And Jordana Brewster. So the woman who has directed this movie, April Mullen, I have interviewed before. Oh. Yeah, she uh, did a movie years ago 
Um, she's been kicking around like Canadian independent films for a while. Yeah. She did a movie years and years ago. Oh, and interestingly enough, it's not listed. Oh, there it is. In 2007, she did a movie called Rock, Paper, Scissors, The Way of the Tosser, which was a (laughs) movie about professional rock, paper, scissors players. Like it was a fake movie, though. But they use they managed to use footage from the real rock, paper, scissors tournament in it. (laughs) She's also like she was an actress in all those movies. And then she focused solely on directing for a while, um, including she's directed episodes of Winona Earp, Legends of Tomorrow, Lethal Weapon, The Rookie. Um, and she is apparently directing this movie, but like my old podcast, uh, two assholes talking about nerd stuff. I've like, like legit interviewed this woman before. Cool. She did a movie called gravy train that, uh, Adam, my co-host at the time. And I, we got to, uh, go to the red carpet premiere of it. Wow. For one of the few people, basically, they were just kind of wandering around promoting uh, Way of the Tosser at um, Fan Expo one year, and they kind of caught our attention. So we randomly just went up and interviewed them to help promote their movie. And like because of that, we got uh, invited to the next movie, which... I, I will uh, say openly, uh, we were not kind to that movie. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was not very good. So, um, or at least we did not like it, I should say. Uh, your mileage may vary. There was, there was like bits and pieces of that Gravy Train movie. It was kind of like, it felt like they had like whacked a whole whack of movies into one. <laughs> And it did not work out. But anyways, yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, to answer your your question, Ryan and uh, Kevin, I think this is can probably considered a Canadian movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it filmed in Toronto. It, it stars, stars Rocky C- Amell. And Simu Liu. Yeah. Well, I have a sneaky suspicion he is not a star, and we probably saw a majority of his part in that movie. I don't know. He looked mm-hmm. like he was the bad guy. He mm-hmm. could be, but I wouldn't bet on it. Um, yeah, so maybe I should get in touch with her because we're we are uh, I don't know what the we are connected on LinkedIn. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, interesting. Uh, it was every once in a while, like you know, weird things like that come up, right? So mm-hmm. weird connections. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, that's it for this episode. We'll see Woo-hoo. you in two weeks. Yep. Have a Bye, day, everybody. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us.